A healthy lifestyle should be easy, right? Eat veggies, drink green smoothies, exercise to get your heart rate up, do yoga to bring your heart rate down. Whew, maybe not so easy. But there is something that helps improve everything, and you can do it with your eyes closed. It's sleep. Sleep Number knows what it takes to sleep your best. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed lets you choose your ideal firmness, comfort, and support on each side. Your Sleep Number setting. It's the perfect solution for couples. These beds are so smart, they respond to your every move and automatically adjust to keep you sleeping comfortably all night. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now during the lowest prices of the season sale, save $400 on a Queen Sleep Number 360 C4 Smart Bed. Now only $1,299. You'll only find Sleep Number at Sleep Number stores or by visiting www.sleepnumber.com global. Bruce Jenkins of the San Francisco Chronicle, the proprietor of the Three Dot Lounge. Bruce is nice enough to join us here on the Tolbert Kruger and Brooks show. Bruce, we hope that you and yours are doing well. Thank you for the time, sir. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, we are doing pretty good out here. Uh, not exactly wild madcap times. You know, it's kind of like uh, I just took a walk around the block. But uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm just, I'm just healthy that we're all. You know, a lot of good, lot of good family time, and we're healthy so far. And uh, trying to enjoy whatever positives come out of this, just from a family standpoint. Yeah, no doubt about that. Just the appreciation that uh, we have the ability to do the jobs that we do, and and we have our health. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't have that. So uh, every day, I know when I wake up, don't lose sight of uh, of those facts. Um, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, it's just it's a perspective is everything. It is absolutely everything. Uh, owners and players. Beefing, once again, how many times have we seen this? But the baseball people we talked to, we had Doug Glanville on a couple hours ago. He, like the others, optimistic that there's going to be a season. Are you in that camp? Well, only because, uh, you know, it's a good thing in that agreement they came to in March 26th where it appeared that the players are going to be able to pay, be paid on a pro-rate basis. It, uh, that came under question as far as with fans in the stands. And whatever, part of that agreement was that MLB could unilaterally impose a, a season, which kind of seems to be where we are right now. They're so far mm-hmm. apart in so many ways that at some point uh, MLB can just say, well, here's your 48-game season, and, and you know, I think the players are going to have to – well, they, they won't have a choice, so – I mean, if Rob Manford comes out and says he's 100% sure um, there's going to be baseball, uh, you've got to believe him. I, I, don't, I don't really trust Rob Manford on a lot of things. I think basically he should be in charge of, like, the shrimp and the cocktail sauce, and that's it. <laughs> Even that, I'd rather give him the celery off the side yeah, and yeah. somebody else handle the shrimp. You could get it sick from like bad shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> might be over his pay grade right there. <laughs> But it sounds like it's going to be a uh, you know a very short season. I mean, with 48 games. I mean, if, if you look last year, the Giants had, after 48 games, it was like May 22nd. You imagine a, a baseball season ending in May 22nd. That, that's kind of what we're going to have. Uh, I think it'll. I, I am. I'm optimistic just because the commissioner says that they, they're ready to impose uh, you know a schedule on the on the players. And I do think that as awkward as it'll be, if they can somehow get to a postseason, a month's worth. And they've got it where you know they're playing in 
relatively safe parks and nothing horrible has happened. There's a chance for a pretty lively postseason that will get people pretty excited, uh, even if they can't attend the game. So, you know, it's all a big mess. But I, I, everything I've heard, it sounds like there, there will be some kind of season. Let me ask you this question, and I believe it came up yesterday when we were talking to Kevin Franzen. What about the postseason awards, MVP and Cy Young most notably? If there is a 48- or 50-game season, are you an advocate that those awards should happen the way that they normally happen? And if there is a, uh, an, uh, an interesting statistical outlier you know, slash name there, then that's just the way it is. It goes into the history books. Or should those be put off uh, for a year just because of the very unusual nature of the pandemic and what it's done to baseball? Yeah, that's a good question. And you know, I, I think the awards should exist. I think they should they should all be packaged into one, you know, display saying, "Listen, you know, that uh, this was not a uh, regular season. You know, in, in 1981, I think they they played like 100 played over 100 games average per team and and uh, by the end of that season, as as weird as it was to lose two months, you know, the Dodgers were playing the Yankees and it was Yankee Stadium and Dodger Stadium, and it, it felt very real at the end. I, I don't think this is ever going to feel like that. Uh, but I do think that if, if they were to complete this thing, I think there will be a certain uh, pride that the players take in, in having done it at all, you know, because there's just so many obstacles to go through. You know, Larry was talking about in, in the headlines there that a lot of NBA players are, you know, understandably reluctant about getting into this bubble and everything and, and, you know, there's so many concerns. I think just to just to actually finish it off, uh, you know, there, there's something to be said for that. But, but there will be, to me, if there's anything less than half of a season, anything less than 80 games, I think you have to, whether it's an asterisk or, you know, hey, let's get real here. You know, if a guy hits 438, I don't think that's going to that's going to go down as the uh, you know is one of the great seasons of all time. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you can have an MVP. Uh, you know, Rookie of the Year sounds kind of strange, but you know, Silver Slugger and all that stuff. I, I think baseball will want to perpetuate that, and then we can all argue about how legitimate it is. You know, we can debate this whole thing, and you know, the players, the owners say they're going to lose a certain amount per game, and they they want lesser you know, less games. The players want more games. Um, it, the fact that this happened, had this negotiation had to be a public negotiation while all these other sports were able to have their negotiations be quite private just shows that baseball is in a lot of ways reactionary and kind of chasing things from behind constantly. Um, and I felt the same way about their George Floyd reaction. I mean, yeah. they, the, nine days after oh this man God. was killed, they fan, finally had a statement. At no point in their statement does it say anything about police brutality. I mean, it's just, come on. Yeah. I mean, I, and the NFL's trying to do the same thing. We feel terrible. We feel terrible. You can't even say Colin Kaepernick. You can't even acknowledge what you did to his career. God, and now you want like great. forgiveness and to move on. And it's like, let's, let's all walk in the same direction and call it a parade. Well, what's acknowledge what you did to you know along the way to slow pro- progress and there's a million angles on this thing but i just don't trust in baseball's leadership all right i saw something no. yesterday uh, bruce that i got to get your thoughts on this was i mean and I'm, I'm born in 1970 so and i feel like i know my baseball history but some you come across the, this day in baseball history and you learn something right so this was yesterday this day in baseball history yesterday from 1944 Joe Nuxall made his Major League debut. I didn't realize this. He was 15 years old. Yeah. <laughs> He's 15 <laughs> years old. Uh, play, pitching for Cincinnati against Cincinnati the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, the youngest player in the history of the game. 
I mean, I have two teenagers in the house that are both over 15. It's just so <laughs> mind-boggling. I actually have three that are this age. Uh, it's mind-boggling. Uh, what, share with us what your, your recall is of, of baseball history on that, because that's an incredible – nobody's come close to 15 years old since, right? Yount was like, what, 17 or 18, maybe in the 70s? Yeah, I mean, the, the great thing about Joe Nuxall – it wasn't about you know uh, you know a little three, three and a half foot tall guy coming to play at Eddie Goodell you know as, as a joke you know as a, as a promotion it wasn't like hey we're going to trot out this fifteen year old guy I mean he pitched um, he threw hard right yeah yeah well he pitched sixteen years in the bigs and it took him a while to get going but he had like four or five years in a row there in the nineteen fifties when the Reds had really good teams you know Frank Robinson and and uh, you know Wally Post and those guys and. Uh, they weren't they weren't world beaters, but they were they were very good. They had a lot of all stars, and and Nuxall I think won 17 games one year. He won 15 and another. He, he pitched 16 years, and he's still with the organization. I think he's one of their broadcasters. I mean, talk about having staying power after that insane uh, you know debut during you know I think it was a, a bit of a wartime stunt. Uh, you know, a lot of players were missing. Um, I think people you know were really missing the game. Uh, at least as they knew it, because so many, you know, Ted Williams and DiMaggio, you name it, they, the guys were, were not there. Uh, more on Spawn, Yogi Berra, you can just go on and on and on. So a lot of the stuff that happened during the war you can't take totally seriously, but that was just um, a crazy idea that sounded like a one-off. You know, we're never going to see this kid again. Next thing you know, it's 1966, and he's still pitching. <laughs> it's a great story, man. Yeah. But, I mean, but, but here's the deal. I mean, you know, it was the 40s and the 50s. I mean, he was already smoking two and a half packs a day and drinking a fifth of whiskey. So he was, he was an adult by any measure, yeah, you know, yeah, of those times. Totally. He was 35. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> All I know is if I'm 15 years old and I'm playing on a team, I'm waiting until everyone clears out of the shower before I take my shower. <laughs> <laughs> a little insight into being the big league locker rooms there. <laughs> Probably completely accurate, too. Oh, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be so scared. You kidding me? <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going to go hide in the training room for a couple minutes. Give me a, you got a bag of Fritos and a soda for me? <laughs> get back in here, do a crossword or something? Oh, oh my that God. Damn thing. Uh, I got to know how the uh, how the virtual i five series end up. Well, terribly for me, but uh, I mean, <laughs> here, here, okay, I, I bring in Eckersley to close it out. Okay, how, how does that sound? Pretty good. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, unless you're going against the Dodgers in the World Series. Yeah, there's no sign of Kirk Gibson. <laughs> okay, good. And uh, it, there was a lot of sign of George Brad and Ted Williams, but I mean, you know, against the Southern California All Stars. But uh, Lefty Gomez started the game for me. He pitched. He pitched great. He had a shutout going, but in the eighth inning, Bobby Bonds uh, takes him deep, and you see, you get you, you see somebody. You're going to warm some guys up now, at least. Sure. Eckersley being one of them, and in the ninth, I'm bringing him in. Now, sure. admittedly, that that goes against my. My, the way I look at things, usually, if a guy is pitching great, which Gomez was, I, I hate to see him come out just because he's thrown like you know 101 pitches. If he throws yeah. 99, he's great. Oh, but yeah, 101. exactly. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're out of there. But in this case, he had given up a bomb, and uh, you know I've got Eckersley. Excuse me, I'm just going to Eckersley, and I'm fine with that. And it didn't work, and then we lose game seven, like 100 to two or something. Uh. 
but it was uh, it was super fun. I mean, it, it, it was never about oh, I'm going to kick your butt here with me and this LA Times guy. We were having yeah. so much fun. Uh, you know, here comes here comes Bonds against Raleigh Fingers. There, you know, Eckersley closed out one game with where Ted Williams was the last guy up there. It was just, it was completely fun. We got an amazing public response. We got John Miller making calls. We got Gabe <laughs> Kapler and Dave Roberts picking the lineups. I mean, it was insane. I just wanted to like uh, have an APBA game with John Shea or Henry or something and rolling the dice. And hey, here's how it came out. In case you're wondering, you know, but uh, got it. It just grew into this terrific thing. We might do it. Again, sometime. Who were the who were the standouts? Well, unfortunately, for those who uh, take their Hall of Fame voting maybe a little too seriously, or certainly put a moralistic stance on it, uh, Bonds and McGuire, Barry, <laughs> Barry oh. Bonds, and, <laughs> seriously, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire were, were the were the absolute standouts. Uh, Bonds did go. I think I think he went three for seventeen down the stretch, but he hit like five homers in the first three games, and McGuire was just a terror the whole way through. Uh, but uh, you know the pitchers took a took a beating. Uh, the, the lineups were just so insane. Uh, uh, Joe DiMaggio had a great game where he had a huge home run that looked like he was going to take us to the title. And then in the, in the bottom of the ninth, he throws a guy out at home to to take it into extra innings. You know these things like that happened that were that were very very cool. Uh, George Brett was was ridiculous. Uh, gave McGuire a run for MVP at the South. Um, but um, you know, just uh, the, the whole the, the whole uh, the way it was laid out. Every every every, every hitter, every matchup sounded pretty good. You know, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, I love George Brett. I used to have my Royals helmet yeah, when I was too. younger. Number put a number five on the back of it, and I was uh, I was good to go. I just such a big fan uh, of his. You know, I, I was thinking about. I just want to get your thoughts on baseball since you've seen it for so long, and this new era that we're in not necessarily the analytics that we're in but the versatility that we're in that i think we're starting to see in every sport that everyone's looking for players that can do more more than one thing we certainly have seen it in basketball over the last five six years we want versatile defenders we want guys that can guard multiple positions we want guys that can handle the ball and shoot from the perimeter and hand but baseball is going that way too where they want guys that can play two three different positions we want different guys that can do different things I just think it's it, it makes to me for a more fun sport when you have more guys that aren't pigeonholed into one position that they can move around even though it's a little it can be it can be uh, jarring for for traditionalists sometimes because you're used to having a third baseman be a third baseman and that's what you know he is you can judge him against other third basemen but I think it's fun now to watch guys that can play you know short third right field maybe even catch if they're asked to well, yeah, I mean, and the result is a guy like uh, Kelby Tomlinson's on the Giants bench. You know, he's not yeah. really great at anything, but he can do all these things. You've only got like four or five guys on the bench because you've got like a 19-man pitching staff, yeah, which, exactly. is, which is ridiculous. But, I mean, if you're only going to have four or five guys on the bench, you know, where's, uh, where's Manny Mota? Where's Matt Stairs? You know, where's uh, a guy like yep. Billy Hamilton who's just going to steal you blind? That's why he's there. He's going to come in and change the game as, as a runner. Uh, you know, really, got, I saw, you know, legitimate pinch hitters I'm talking about. Uh, th- those guys we don't see as much anymore, and I just hope that, uh, you know, the rosters will be expanded when base- if baseball comes back or when. Um, there'll be more, the rosters will be a little bit bigger, and hopefully they don't, they, hopefully they'll put a limit on the pitchers. I'd like to see it limited to 12, and it really should be 10, but 
even if you make it 12, you have a little bit more bench and you can, you can get more, more specialists because, you know, people love to see that. They, they don't really care if you play multiple positions, you know, they, if, if you're not great at any of them. Well, it's so funny you mentioned Manny Mota because those are the two guys I always think about, Bruce, when I think of pinch hitters. Manny Mota, uh, or as Vince Scully used to call him, Manuel Geronimo Mota. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, Jerry Lynch, and, and, you know. Yeah, and, and Vic D'Avalio. Vic D'Avalio. Manny Mota were the two. Like, that you do. When you heard their names, you're like, oh, yeah, those guys are great pinch hitters. I couldn't name yeah. you a pinch hitter now. I don't even know if pinch hitters exist anymore. <laughs> I think Lenny Harris was the last one, the last yeah, really I think great you're one. Right. But- yeah, you know, Kipe wasn't a bad pinch hitter when he was finishing up oh, with the Giants. Absolutely, um, he was a very yeah, good hitter. I got to mm-hmm. ask you about uh, about this Tory Hunter story, where he he goes on national radio the other day with Golick and Wingo, and basically said that he put the Red Sox down as you know uh, you know on his no trade list on his contract because of racial abuse that he's gotten at Fenway Park. And then, you know, obviously that's a national radio show. So yeah. that revelation then forces the Red Sox into a statement. Their statement was very odd in that they fully supported Hunter. Uh, and they even gave us stats. They said there were seven reported incidents at Fenway last year where, that were reported that they know of, of fans using racial slurs. Um, and, but they didn't really say what they're going to do about it. Or they just basically said that they acknowledge that this is going on. One, I'm surprised that you know, as, as big a star as that, as outspoken as Hunter is, in as big a market as that, and how long he's played in the big leagues, I'm surprised that that little nugget didn't come out sooner. And then I guess the other thing is, you know, I wanted to ask you and, and Tom as well, as and Tom played in the league, and obviously you've covered baseball for decades, Bruce, and been a beat writer. And all your years of being in, in arenas and stadiums, how many times have you actually heard fans hurl racial uh, slurs at at anybody another fan players i mean how often how regular has it been uh in your experience i wouldn't say i wouldn't say a lot um but but not that it doesn't happen by any means but um you know more so when we actually could see and hear and feel the game when we were down uh sitting courtside uh as writers were were allowed to do um you know because People down close to the floor know that they can be heard. If you're just yelling, yelling from the you know the third level, it's you know first of all they they can't hear you, and the only thing it does is rile up you know some people next to you or whatever. But you know these there there are a lot of people who who their whole thing is heckling, and you can't be too uh, outrageous about it. But and of course the Chase Center now we're up on Saturn, so we can't we can barely see the game, let alone feel it. Um, <laughs> Seriously, what the hell is that? It's oh. like vindictive. <laughs> yeah, We're know, so up there. I I, he, 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 I'm not going to hear him now because I'm working in the press room. That'll be fun. <laughs> you guys are the well, guys least, dropping the least, things down on the audience, right? At least you can use my It's not about asking. You know, I, that, that's my, the only urinal I use, even if there's six people ahead of me. I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you so much. I'm glad yeah. there's a line. It's worth what a waiting. tribute. It warms the cockles of my heart. No, quick. No, uh, the, the thing that, but if you talk to players who have played particularly baseball and basketball in Boston, oh my goodness, the African American players, they'll tell you stories all night long. It's got that reputation. It's it's not fabricated by by any means. It's it's uh, a part of life. Being an African American athlete in Boston is that uh, you know the franchise that 
that was the last to integrate. You know, 12 years after Jackie Robinson, uh, there's just a, there's something about that town. I, I don't want to blame it on the Boston Irish, but you know that's that's what uh, that that's what's out there among the the uh, the African American sports community. That uh, and there's I've read a lot of pieces in the last few years where where guys are talking about how bad it was and and didn't want to play there. Made it clear that if it was a chance that they didn't have to play there, they made it clear they wouldn't. Come on, man! They 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 broke into Bill Russell's house and put human excrement in his bed you know it was the last it, it was the last city to 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 enforce busing no yeah i mean yeah it's, like it's, it's not like it's a big puzzle yeah it's, it's you know this has been said for years because yeah. it's true and yeah, thank god people true, yeah. are finally yeah. starting to listen but yeah. boston's racist bona fides have been talked about and been on pl- and display forever Yes, forever. forever. Don't let the the fact that it's you know it's it's liberal and it votes Democrat and it's the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Don't let this. Don't let the rough taste no. fool you. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the statement. The statements. I know we got to run here, but the statement is just like it's like acknowledging fully that it happens with no statement at all of what are going to be the repercussions or what they're trying to do to counter it. Uh, it's a story that I'll I'll be looking it, at in the next couple of days to see where they. Yeah. So I'm sure they're going to have to have more to say I, than what they've said. Yeah, no no question. What I did hear was in the Fenway press box, uh, especially there was a generation of old sports writers that were kind of on the way up. They were still there in the uh, late 70s and early 80s. They were still working the Fenway press box. And I heard some some horrendous racist muttering, you know, not like yelling, but just, uh, for Christ's sakes, you know, that yeah. N-word, you know, and... Uh, and I'm just thinking, oh, what I'm hearing is true, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pardon my, pardon my, uh, pardon my language. There, we got fellas. you. We we've got you there. <laughs> Bruce, as always, we appreciate the time and the insight. Glad to hear you're doing well. We wanted to stay that way. Hopefully, we'll talk soon, sir. Yeah, same to you guys, and thanks to always. Yeah, right, thank, thank you, you, Bruce. A healthy lifestyle should be easy, right? Eat veggies, drink green smoothies, exercise to get your heart rate up. Do yoga to bring your heart rate down. Whew, maybe not so easy. But there is something that helps improve everything, and you can do it with your eyes closed. It's sleep. Sleep Number knows what it takes to sleep your best. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed lets you choose your ideal firmness, comfort, and support on each side. Your Sleep Number setting. It's the perfect solution for couples. These beds are so smart, they respond to your every move and automatically adjust to keep you sleeping comfortably all night. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now during the lowest prices of the season sale, save $400 on a Queen Sleep Number 360 C4 smart bed. Now only $1,299. You'll only find Sleep Number at Sleep Number stores or by visiting www.sleepnumber.com global.